If you are an online retailer looking to expand your last mile delivery and make the most of that delivery to your customers, check out episode 19 with Laura from Shippo. This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in supply chain. We answer all your questions and put sexy into supply chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. Welcome to all our fabulous listeners. Thanks again for joining Nick and I on Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. This week is a powerful episode about Omnichannel and the future of made to order with Joseph Ford of Indochino. As the director, global supply chain operations through building and leading a world-class global infrastructure, Joseph is responsible for driving efficiencies, improving quality, decreasing per unit costs, and increasing the speed and standards at which we deliver to our customers. Joseph brings to Indochino a well-rounded background in retail, apparel, and operations. Notably, Joseph has held several key positions with great brands, including Gap Inc., Aritzia LLP, and Louis Vuitton. Welcome, Joseph, to the show. Thanks, guys. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for accommodating the huge time difference. Just for our audience, Joseph is joining us from China, and we are excited to have him on the show today. So let's get started. Can you give us some information on Indochino, how you got started, and a little bit about the company today? Sure, sir. Um, Indochino was really the first company to deliver mass customized apparel, so made to measure. Um, you know, selling suits and shirts directly to our customers online in 2007. So uh, Kyle and Heichel started the company um, in Victoria um, in university and built the company up to where it is today. Um, we extended the brand to include brick-and-mortar stores, but, you know, also called the retail in 2014. Um, we have a vision to expand our awareness and access to customers in major markets. And we wanted a high-touch service from our online, but also with the traditional physical retail experience, um, which we have today. So we have, we have uh, 10 showrooms across North America. What does omnichannel mean? For us, omnichannel means, you know, the customer needs to have a seamless experience, no matter if they're shopping online or in a retail environment. And you hear the word omnichannel thrown around a lot, but for Indochino, it means, um, um, for Mike, you know, it's for purchasing a suit in, let's say, Toronto and having your garment measurements taken and having your first suit delivered to our showroom and having our style guide do your alterations, which are handled in-house and complimentary. And we continuously improve your garment measurements, your profile. So if you wanted to make your pants a little shorter, a little longer, or you wanted more slack in your shoulders and your jacket, we can do that for you. And your next order, whether you purchase it in showroom or online, will be exactly the same as the suit that you took out of the store. So for us, Omnichannel means that your rate of repeat will increase and your satisfaction with your garment is 100%. So as you purchase more products from us, and as your, let's say your body shape, your age evolves, you will get 
a product that best suits you at your time and for what your purpose is. So you have guys that want, you know, a really slim suit that, you know, they look like uh, like pencils, or you have guys who are in Texas who want more of a classic fit. So, you know, we can definitely suit every body type, and that's what Omnichannel means for Indochino. Yeah, that's a perfect example because, I mean, Omnichannel is – you know, kind of the marriage between, you know, in-store sort of customer experience merged with e-commerce customer experience. And I'm I'm looking at some stats here. I was reading an interesting article by Decision Point. We're actually going to have this um, article and uh, document actually on our website for our audience. And it says that the e-retail market size in 2016 is $1.155 billion. And it's supposed to grow by 18% in 2017 and 2018. So I really think, um, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I really think that it's, it's going to mean making omnichannel work, you know, like really well for the retailers. Yeah, sorry, what I was going to say was, you know, it's true. Like I recently shopped for Christmas and I live in Canada, but I'm shopping in China. And my omni-channel experience with other retailers is hit or miss. Right. It doesn't even have necessarily an international approach. Like some U.S. websites will bounce me to the country that I'm in, which is China, but I, don't, I can't purchase in RMBs, and I don't want to purchase in U.S. dollars. I want to purchase in Canadian dollars, and it's shipping with my Canadian account to an Canadian address. And that as a kind of customer path would seem very logical, um, and the world, you know, ideally has no borders, but even the Internet as a consumer still has restrictions for me. Like, I need a different passport to buy something in Canada for Christmas. And, you know, a good example is some even Canadian retailers have different prices online versus in their retail stores for their customers. So, you know, as a customer, I would probably pre-shop online and potentially showroom in a retail space. And if my first experience is a disconnect in price, you may lose me for my loyalty. And, I, you know, and that's where Amazon really has the corner market because it's really also a seller but a marketplace. So their price point is so competitive that it, it, it lures in customers so easily. So you know, I do agree that the omnichannel and online e-commerce will grow, but at the same time, retailers need to balance that with how are they actually projecting their business to the consumer. Yeah, absolutely. And with market numbers that big and growing, you know, it's kind of a missed opportunity if, if retailers aren't, you know, making the most out of their customer experience, both in store and online. So um, why don't we get into your supply chain? Can you tell us about your supply chain, how you make it work in the made to order space um, and in, with the Omni channel? You told us a little bit about how the Omni, Omni channel works, but tell us a little bit more about your supply chain. So, you know, supply chain is very interesting because, you know, we don't carry SKUs necessarily. So a traditional retailer will have so many weeks on hand of, let's say, a pair of pants, a shirt, a dress, a pair of shoes. But because our, our, our area of business and expertise is made to measure, we only cut the raw material at the point of purchase. So, you know, as soon as you order online or in showrooms, 
our, you know, our, our API, our order processing system online, points it to our team in China. And we have a group of people in China that uh, review the orders for any discrepancies, uh, so we have no wastage. Uh, and then we, we, we allocate the orders. Everything is cut, you know, with, with lasers. It, 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 your your, your three-dimensional suit or shirt is actually put into a two-dimensional pattern. It's like an architectural drawing. So we have, we have CAD drawings of pretty much every customer's made-to-measure suit. And we project, you know, an average guy actually, produce, you know, requires 3.5 meters to produce a suit. So in our supply chain model, it's, it's literally very flat because the raw material is flat, and so we actually create a three-dimensional suit for you. So for us, it's really about the quality of the garment measurements for the individual, so the data intake uh, through, our, through, our, through our online and through our retail app. It's 17 points of measure to produce the garment, and we have quite a rigorous quality control process uh, to to check your garment measurements once it's produced, um, and then for us to then ship the suit to you within two to three business days anywhere in the world. So you know we have a very quick turnaround in terms of our production, and one of the goals within the channel is to reduce our our production and supply chain window um, more aggressively in 2017. Joseph, what challenges have you overcome while building your supply chain? I think one of the large challenges for us between 2015 to 2016 is our business grew by about 44%. So as much as it is a an asset to not necessarily carry uh, inventory, it is also difficult for us to plan the consumption of our, let's say, bolts of fabric because we don't know, you know, what the weather is like. So, you know, it's currently, you know, cold in Vancouver and Toronto. So we're currently selling more wool uh, fabrics, wool and cashmere jackets, uh, but we also carry lighter fabrics. So for us in the supply chain world, we do have more liabilities, per se, uh, because we don't we don't produce like traditional retailers do, such as the Gap that project you know 26 to 36 weeks out, and if a product doesn't sell, they just continually mark it down either in show in their retail space or online until it sells out, and you just reduce your margin over time. For us, it's not as easy just to mark down an item uh, because we haven't produced the suit yet. So. We have to finesse our model, which we're working on, and, and you know we have seasonality curve also uh, that we have to work against. So for us, more of the challenge was not in the production, but the planning of all of our uh, all goods. Yeah, I and you were talking about reducing the amount of time it takes to get to the customer, but you're already at two to three days internationally. I mean, that's pretty good than some retailers domestically. Yeah, and I think one of those is that we we want to be able to take your garment measurements and turn it around into a pattern if you have a purchase from us within 24 to 48 hours and ideally produce a garment for you within six to seven business days and then with shipping, you know, two to three days internationally uh, with international priority. 
and that's where we, we see the opportunities. We can provide a need-to-measure experience, uh, a unique garment that no one else will have because you're going to pick your fabric and your customizations. You can put your name inside the jacket, and we can get it to you between two and a half to three weeks. And that's where the opportunity for us lies uh, as, a, as a men's apparel business uh, because, you know, I've purchased suits and remember purchasing one for a wedding a few summers back at the Bay, uh, and it was, you know, I bought it, great experience, a good price, and then I, you know, I went to get it altered, and the price of the alterations was about the third of the cost of the suit, and it took me about seven days to wait for the suit. So if I could, re- if I could rewind the clock and, and having Lucina when I was needing that suit when I was 25, I would be a to- it would have been a totally different experience for me. And, you know, we have millennials now and people who are so savvy with what their desires are um, from a product point of view that we have such, a, such an elevated position based on our product and our price that um, we are looking for further growth in 2017. Wow, amazing. I really, really love the model. So, I mean, earlier in the conversation, you sort of mentioned, you know, the uh, retail, you know, in-store customer experience, your online customer experience. But is there any sort of success factor or, or something that you can you can give our audience in regards to your omni-channel model, like what makes it work? I think what really makes it work is having the, let's say, the option of doing it online. So you can preview the material at your convenience. You can see what the fit and the silhouette is uh, in your own time. You can see what the different variations of customizations are. And in a way, it's very educational for customers um, looking to buy suits for the first time or even for the fifth time uh, because they want to see what are the options out there. And for men uh, shopping, it's not necessarily a natural attribute for them to want to do. And so having the ability to preview online and yet still go to one of our showrooms, like in Toronto we have three, and actually touch and feel the product, as well as feel confident that someone's going to take your garment measurements. So that's another thing that guys vary with. Is they, they need advice. Uh, they need support. And so when you come into the show, when you get that support, you're more confident in what the final outcome of the garment will be. And because we believe in continuous improvement and we have the ability to up, update your garment measurements with alterations based on your preference or your fit, um, your rate of repeat will just um, increase because people are so happy with the end result. And, you know, one example was uh, Drew Green, our CEO, his friend was at the, uh, was at the Oscars. And Drew had emailed me saying, oh my, you know, our friend's at the Oscars and he's getting a tux. I need to make sure that it fits 100%. And I looked at his profile online and I said to Drew, he's actually purchased four suits from us. So he has evolved as a customer, and I'm 100% confident that his suit will fit out of the box because we have, we have adjusted for his body and his preference that it, it's going to just knock it out of the park, and, and it did. Um, and we recently had a guy, I can't remember his name, but he's been at, the, at an NFL game in an Indochino suit, and, you know, it fit out of the box. So as the company evolved, as our customers do as well, um, the product is really what we stand by. 
Awesome. That's a great story. And the fact that it can, you know, come out of the box and fit and have one, you know, even one of the best fits that you would even have, even if you go to the store and try something on. That's that's just amazing. Now, Joseph, Black Friday is a busy shopping day. How do you organize or or manage that one sale for that one day event? Yeah, with your supply chain, I mean, I I was a, I've actually heard that it's one of your busiest days. So, I just wonder how you guys, you know, deal with that from an in-store perspective and an online perspective. Uh, so it's a good question because the online perspective is a lot easier for us to manage because it, it's a regular process flow. So for Indochino over, I would say, like a three- or four-day period, because Black Friday, now it, it, it's seen as more of a week event rather than just a one-day event. And, and it's international now. So for us, it, it, it transcends, let's say, time zone. So, you know, Black Friday in England, you have Black Friday in New York, you have Black Friday in Toronto, uh, you even have Black Friday in China. So it, it flows much easier uh, through online. So retailers that have an omni-channel, it, it's definitely much easier to absorb, let's say, 50% of your volume that way. Uh, with retail, because we have to take garment measurements, it's a bit more challenging for us, so you don't necessarily have, you open your doors and you just turn on the registers and the lights and it works. We have to we have to have customers with appointments. We have to take their garment measurements, um, and that does take about you know 30 to 45 minutes. So we we do use technology to help guide our appointments. You know our customers' time is valuable. Uh, our style guide's time is valuable because we you know as a traditional retailer we have SPH as well. So we use technology to make sure that we block as many appointments as possible within Black Friday. And we also give the customers the opportunity to um, spread out their their purchase. So, you know, for us, the sale doesn't necessarily end at midnight on Black Friday, but we continue to take appointments and honor price points because it's made to measure over a longer horizon. So for us, especially with Black Friday this year, we were able to absorb the, the busiest period within retail within a seven-day period. Right. That makes a lot of sense. You did say that because of all the customization um, and things like that, you know, you you don't have a lot of opportunities to uh, put your services or, or garments on sale. So what do you do for Black Friday, um, you know, that sort of drives that traffic and drives more people into your, your omni-channel? Yeah, we do mark down. So, you know, we do have, you know, one of, the, one of the points of differentiation for Indochino is that we have entered the market at a mass um, apparel price point, however, it's MTM. So, we, you know, for Black Friday, we did do 70% reductions on certain, on certain fabrics, and we do have customers that actually pre-shop in advance and, you know, put stuff in the basket, if you'd like to say. So for us, it's been an interesting, um, I think for the business, it's been very interesting because 2014 versus 15 and then 16, we, we did see a huge spike. As soon as we turned the, let's say, turned the lights off for Black Friday, um, you, could see the, you could see the dollars coming in because we've, we've retained so many customers over the years that they were already in advance shopping 
and we already have their garment measurements in place. Wow, that's so for, for us, our, our customer acquisition over Black Friday is actually a lot. It's significantly reduced because of that. That's a great story, and I think a lot of retailers, I mean, whether they're in the made-to-order space or not, could really learn from Indochino and and what you're doing and, and how you're optimizing your current supply chain. So in saying that, what, you know, what would you say to other retailers um, in regards to optimizing their current supply chain and meeting consumer demands and expectations? What kind of advice would you give them? Um, for me, I think the advice always comes down to people. So, you know, one of the things, whether you use the word omnichannel, e-commerce, or brick and mortar, for, for consumers, it's about, it's about their, their point of contact, whether that's online, through e-chat, through over the phone, or actually walking into a store. And I think that's what, that's what will drive um, customer satisfaction. And that customer satisfaction is kind of benign, but it always plays a role there. So customers now have a choice, and it's such a varied choice in terms of where they want to spend their money, that they, they do make conscious decisions based on prior experiences. And I think, I think that's where the investment really needs to be. Um, you know, Indochino in 2017 is going to invest more in training. Like, we want our style guides and showrooms to be that style guide, to be that um, let's say master measurement taker to, to ensure that you have the best suit possible and for them to be seen as kind of like the old, that old classic, you know, you, you think of a bespoke tailor in London and you picture this 50-year-old guy with a tape measure across his neck just waiting for you to come in and you have chalk waiting to mark up a, a you know, suit for you. That's really what we, we will focus on um, as, as our business grows. Because we want people to come back to not only our showroom uh, for events. Let's say, you know, we have a guy who's 25 who's buying his first suit. And then a couple of years from then, he's going to get married. He's going to need wedding suits for himself and his groomsmen. So we're here for that, you know, let's say um, lifetime value, uh, both personally and professionally for our business. Um, another point of advice is for retailers to have a more consistent view of when their customers are going to purchase, how they're going to purchase, and what price point they're going to be getting. Um, I think for me, my learning this holiday, um, being disappointed is I tried to shop at a well-known Canadian retailer, and the prices that were online were, were completely different than what they were in store, and the price online was higher then. So for me, I, right now, being in China, I don't have the ability to kind of go to Square One and Oakdale. Um, so I'm forced to buy it at a certain price, even though I'd seen it a month ago at a lower price in a, in a brick and mortar store. So for me, I, I will, that, that does play heavy on me as a, as a future purchaser for me to go into that store again. Yeah, and I love the fact, I mean, you bring up some really great points, but I really love the fact that you are Director of Global Supply Chain Operations but you're not just talking about the supply chain, you're talking about the customer experience and how the supply chain affects the customer experience. I, I mean, that's gonna take me into my next question to you, but I really believe that moving forward, supply chain and e-commerce and customer experience, you know, people within companies need to come together 
and they need to have more interaction. They need to talk more about this because that's the only way forward and how we're going to move forward in this space. So on that note, how do you see the space changing in the next five to 10 years and what challenges are we going to come up against? I think uh, competition, I think, will be a large factor. I think you have players in the market that are entering specifically into apparel, um, such as Amazon, that are, are investing a lot in, in, in creating their own line, um, in-house brands, and as well still leveraging their third-party brands that they sell as well as, as marketplace. So they they've kind of they're kind of taking it in, in almost kind of three or four different angles that the customer can't turn around 360 without actually having them as as, as the, the as an option like uh, as an Amazon as an option or or in China um, you have Taobao and Alibaba so and and they're 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 broadening their scope into North America um, and with the Australia where 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 customers really want to have a, a lot of, as many options as possible to them, no matter what the brand is. So I think for, especially for established apparel retailers in North America, um, it's, it's almost a little bit scary because you, are, you have a lot of people cutting into their, their slice of the pie. And also mobile payment is, is really a big shift for us. So, you know, in a marketplace environment, um, such as, you know, let's say WeChat or um, um, WhatsApp, it's a, it's, a, it's a talking point for customers to actually start looking for products before they even look online or in the, in the store. So for, from a supply chain point of view, it's being ahead of the curve and knowing how your customer is going to come in, um, knowing what product they're going to want to buy at what price. And for, for me as, as a supply chain professional, how am I going to produce and ship that product for that customer, um, you know, at the best price for my business, um, as well as the best um, kind of door-to-door experience for them. Yeah, and how, I mean, going back to your point about the large retailer and, and trying to buy from them online and it being more expensive and the customer experience not being very good, I mean, everybody's ordering online. So paying attention to to those details when you're dealing with other retailers or other companies, how they're doing it right or wrong and how you don't want to do that, you know, for your customers um, you don't want to take on, obviously, what they're doing wrong. You want to do it better. You want to do it right. And we're all consumers of e-com. So I think, I think that's a great point. And I know you've talked about Amazon a few times uh, today, um, but I just want to ask maybe, maybe there's some other companies that you follow for new ideas and innovative ways to increase efficiency in supply chain. Are, is there any other companies that you're following other than Amazon? Yeah, like Zara, Zara, Zara is one company that I've always admired. Um, from just their supply chain point of view, like they were, you know, I would say 10 years ago, not necessarily seen as a, as a large player, but they have become one of the largest global retailers in the world because of their speed to market. So their supply chain from concept to customer is so tight um, you know, within a, you know within ten to twelve weeks, they can get a garment from from a drawing to a physical store um, to sell. 
so you know that became their that became what they were known for, and with that speed, um, you know, with the, the evolution of fast fashion in the last few years, they came out on top. Um, to give you some contrast, you know, within Gap, it, it may take between 24 to 36 weeks to get product to market, and with social media and with with the way that marketing works, it's the buy now mentality. So, you know, to answer your question, like uh, Burberry and Ralph Lauren, they just released, you know, their last collection uh, as runway shows, and their product was available the very next day. So for me, as a, as a manufacturer and, a, and as an owner of supply chain, it, you know, I'm, I'm truly impressed, hands down, with companies that can produce um, products so quickly. Um, and to, to capitalize on the want and the need of the market at any point in time. So, Joseph, what's next for Indochino? Um, for next year, um, you know, we, you know, we want to improve our speed to market. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm impressed by the Zara model because that's what, that's what we aspire to, but from a made to measure, not ready to wear. And the faster we can ship to a customer and recognize that revenue, uh, the better Indochino will be um, to the position itself globally. Um, we do realize that it's an interesting um, economy because you have online retailers going to brick and mortar, such as ourselves, as a, as a way to expand our business and reach more customers. So we plan on opening eight additional showrooms in 2017 to, to bring us 18 showrooms, um, as well as focusing on our online. So with wedding season coming up, we realize that's a, that's a huge market for us. So we're focusing on our online customer experience for wedding because, to be honest, a lot of guys aren't necessarily, you know, they'll propose that they're not thinking about their suit right away versus for, for, for the lucky girl or woman, she gets proposed to and she's thinking about his suit before he's even thinking about it. So we have to now look at how our online position is when we, we focus on weddings and looking at category expansions within Made to Measure. So we currently make suits and shirts, but there's a lot of other Made to Measure categories that Indochino can produce. Awesome. Well, that sounds so exciting, and we're looking forward to following you and Indochino, you know, into the future and see what that holds for you guys. So there you have it, listeners. That was Joseph Ford from Indochino talking us to, talking to us today about the made-to-order space, about Omnichannel, and about their supply chain, and so much useful information. I just want to thank you, Joseph, for again making the time and joining us from China. We really appreciate it. Great. Thanks, guys. Thank you for letting me join. Awesome. So definitely watch out for Indochino in the future, listeners. Are you struggling to make the most out of your supply chain and keep your orders moving efficiently? IceCorp is your supply chain specialist, and they specialize in e-commerce, retail, and drop ship distribution. They will provide you with tailor-made solutions that will drive your business and sales forward. Get your free assessment. Visit them at icecorplogistics.com. Check out their learning center as they have some great free resources waiting for you.
Thanks to Joseph for letting us know the importance of Omnichannel and having multiple ways a consumer can buy from you is going to be a key driver in the success of retailers in the future. Loved having Joseph on the show from Indochino to give us some insight into how they are mastering Omnichannel. Next week, we are back in studio with George Sully, owner of the celebrity lifestyle brand, Sully Wong, sharing with us how they went from concept to designing in such a powerful world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Next week, we are back in studio with George Sully, owner of the celebrity lifestyle brand, Sully Wong, sharing with us how they went from concept to designing such a powerful brand. Follow us on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter for more info on our episodes or our guests. I would also like to thank Mike Mazurik for producing this show. And I'm going to do that. That didn't flow right. Next week, we are back in studio with George Sully, owner of the celebrity lifestyle brand, Sully Wong, sharing with us how they went from concept to designing such a powerful brand. Follow us on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter for more information on our episodes and our guests please go to twobabestalksupplychain.com. This episode was produced by Mike Mazurik, and we are your hosts, Nick and Sarah. I would like to thank you guys for coming and listening, and have a happy new year. Just remember, guys, ship happens.